This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 40. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. Today marks the six-month anniversary of the Key to Authority Podcast. The first episode was released on the 14th of April, and that was with Charlie Gunningham. And since then, we've had 39 other awesome guests, and the show is really going on strong with support from you guys. So I really, really want to thank you for that. And I would really appreciate if you leave an honest review on iTunes about this show. So getting into today's topic, and it is one of my favorite topics that comes after podcasting, and it is blogging. Blogging can be a really useful activity for building your authority. But to make it extraordinarily valuable, you need to work on building a community around your blog. Having loyal readers who will engage with you and each other, share your content and have your top of the mind is an essential part of blogging that many people overlook in favor of getting their content high in search results. But before you can build a community around your blog, you need to figure out either who you want to have in your community or who is already there. You also need to have enough of your personality in your blog so your readers feel that they know who is leading this community. And then it gets fun. Finding creative and unique ways to involve your blogging community can lead to all kinds of rewards. When it comes to positioning yourself as an authority in your space, there is no better way to do this than via blog. But why is a blog so good for this? It's because blogs are amazing for creating connections and it's connections that help us build authority. But why is a blog so good for creating connections, you may ask? Well, that's what we're going to find out today with Amanda Candle. Amanda is a blogger and social media consultant who started her travel blog, Not a Ballerina, over 10 years ago. Since then, she has run dozens of blogging and social media courses through the University of Western Australia's community program and also runs private training and consulting for small businesses, creatives and not-for-profits. Her passion, though, is traveling, and she has built a thriving community of like-minded travel lovers through her travel blog. Now, here's the interview with Amanda Candle. Hey, Amanda. Welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Uh, We met at the Perth PB event, uh, connected over there through introduction from Kelly, and then we, I think, wrote an article each about the Perth event and then just connected from there. You do quite a bit of things around the space of blogging and congratulations, first of all, on your 10 years of blogging because that's a really amazing feat that you have achieved and thought would be a great time to pick your brains along with what I had a chat with Kelly about. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Janish. And yes, um, 10 years of blogging kind of crept up on me very suddenly, but uh, it's been a very interesting and very changeable 10 years. So I think I've learned a lot over the, that decade. And it would have been an amazing ride as well in terms of learning from little things of blogging to all the events, building a, a community and building an audience around it. So no, that's really awesome. So Amanda, where did all this start and what do you do and what makes you tick in that space? Okay, well, I'll uh, try and cut a long story kind of short, but uh, 10 years ago, or probably 11 now, I was living in Germany and teaching English um, to business people and at the same time writing. I've always loved to write and I was writing for some travel magazines 
and I had a couple of regular gigs, but writing for magazines was kind of hard and um, sort of slow going. And one of my editors said, oh, I've got this uh, friend who runs a blog and he needs um, another travel writer to be a blogger. And I didn't really know what that was, but this guy thought I could do it. And it was like a regular gig, a bit better than working for a magazine. I thought, okay, let's try. So I sort of became a blogger before I knew what blogging was, sadly. And not long into that journey, I decided I needed to have my own blog. So I had something to refer people to, which is when I started my travel blog, Not A Ballerina, which is the one that's now 10 years old. And a few years after that, I moved back to Perth. Uh, I wanted to combine like a few of my passions, I suppose. I've always worked in adult education um, of various kinds. And so I ended up teaching a blogging course at the University of Western Australia's community section. And that kind of snowballed into more courses, social media courses, consulting work with uh, lots of uh, Perth people who needed to blog or needed to have a, a better online presence. So now I spend part of my time running my travel blog, Not A Ballerina, and part of my time running a consulting business in social media and blogging. So that's basically what I do now and how I got there. And what makes you tick? What keeps you going? Because I know blogging is a more of a patience game <laughs> as well. And obviously you've had that for 10 years. So yeah, I would like to know and obviously share with the audience because some people think very short term, short minded. It's like need to get out of that. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Well, I, I had one advantage, I guess, when I started was that um, nobody really knew what blogging was and nobody had any expectations. I do kind of feel sorry for people who start blogging today because there's so much information out there and so many things you need to do. Um, when I started, there was no social media, so you could just blog and that was it. It was really lovely. Um, but I love social media too, but it's a lot to a lot to deal with. Why do I keep doing it um, is a really good question, but I've actually never even had one of those moments when I when I wanted to stop. I just, um, I don't know, a little bit of a blogging addiction, I suppose. That's um, something about getting the feedback from readers and, you know, I've got, got to meet some of my readers and, and at least get to know them really well online over the years and I kind of know they're out there and they're expecting to hear from me and I just want to keep doing it i suppose so yeah simple as that and i guess that connection with the audience and obviously the readers because you start getting to know them they start getting to know you keeps you going and once you realize they're expecting you kind of like oh, crap i should write it even you know in the downtones because that's what happens when it's the podcast side of things i'm like okay someone's expecting my podcast to be released that they should be listening expect it. I'm like okay Let's push through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely makes a difference. Yes, it's really nice to know that there are other people out there who were strangers and then become, you know, not quite strangers and they're waiting to read what I write or, you know, in your case, they're waiting to listen to what you record. So, yeah, it's a great feeling. So, coming to that, what is the key to building a community around your blog? Because I know the audience side is very important and bringing that togetherness because that's what's kept you going. That's what kept uh, keeps most of the people going. So what is that key? Right. Well, I've had a good think about uh, about this over the past couple of years because I used to really worry about the statistics and the 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 raw numbers of how many readers I had. And that, you know, goes up and down over the years and it's not always the most satisfying thing to look at. And um, probably going back a couple of years, I started to think more about 
um, the quality of my readers and really who they were. So about that time, I started to uh, hear a lot about uh, developing like a reader avatar or reader profiles, you know, really thinking about the exact kind of people who are reading your blog. So that's the first sort of step for me in building a community uh, around the blog. And once I figured out really who those were, and they had kind of evolved over time, I hadn't in intended to write for particular people. People when I started, I just wrote because I wanted to. But then over the time, people would email me, people would comment on the blog, people would um, leave comments on Facebook or through Twitter or whatever. And I got to know the kinds of people who were who really were my readers and started to write for them. So that was kind of the first step in, in building that community was figuring out who the community was. Um, I did it, I don't know whether it's almost backwards, someone starting today might go out there and proactively say these are the readers I want and write in order to find them. Um, I just wrote and the readers found me and then I went from there. But um, whichever way, I think having that really clear picture of who who it is in your community works wonders. Uh, I think after that, the next step is making sure that your community really knows you. So there's that whole concept of your blogging voice so that they understand, uh, you know, a bit about your personality. They feel like they know you uh, and that they have a kind of a connection with you somehow. So um, that's something that if I read back on my blog nine, ten years ago, and please don't because it's <laughs> probably embarrassing, um, but, and if I look at it today, it's utterly, utterly different uh, because I guess I learned over time how to to be me or at least to be the blog version of me. You know, I'm not uh, giving away all the intimate details of my private life, but I certainly have uh, enough that people can feel a connection to me. Uh after that, and this is what I really focused on the last couple of years, I've kind of tried to get really creative about involving my community with my blog. So that might be a simple thing like uh, interviewing some members of my community. For example, I had um, one of my readers who had messaged me for some reason to find out something, but she was moving her family from Australia to Thailand to live for a couple of years. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting thing you know, to take young kids and, and live abroad. And I think other readers of mine would be interested in that. So um, I got in touch with her again and said, could I interview you for the blog? So interview her. Um, and as a result of like a post like that, I get lots of questions from other readers, both to me and directly um, to the lady that I interviewed who were kind of all trying to do the same thing and they all give each other advice and they've been, you know, in contact and met up there and I think that's such a lovely aspect of the community. Other things I've done have been a bit more um, like social media based. Earlier this year or twice this year so far I've run um, an Instagram challenge called My Local World and so it was a bit of a photo a day challenge with a topic for each day uh, that kind of reflected something about, you know, the, the local world around you, the, what the shops look like, what the local playground looks like, simple things like that. But we had people from all over the world adding their photos for each topic each day. And for me, the most exciting part was when these people who hadn't known each other before, they were complete strangers, but then they started, you know, every day commenting on each other's pictures and 
comparing their life in America to their life in France and all of the differences and the similarities. And, you know, that's a really exciting thing for a travel blogger to see because I love the, the cultural differences and, and all of those uh, connections that people can make. So um, that's worked out really well. And then I try and do some things that are a bit offline as well. For my uh, blog's 10th birthday, for example, I put out a call for readers who wanted to to send me a postcard you know, being a travel blog, send me a postcard to wish the blog a happy birthday. And uh, my mailbox filled up with postcards from all around the world and some were addressed to me, some were addressed to my blog. So uh, I thought that was really cute. I don't know what the postman thought, but um, <laughs> things like that have been, a you know, a really kind of a nice way to feel like there is a community, like a, a physical community uh, around the blog. And I loved how you put them into steps because – We've had a, quite a good talk over a few episodes where we're talking about the ideal client and the persona around it and stuff. So I guess that's similar to the reader avatar, just a little bit taken to the blogging world. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Such a useful thing to do. And I think I know I heard about it for probably several years before I actually sat down and really, really did it. But it's so, so useful and made such a difference to how I thought when I blogged. I could, you know, really imagine the reader. So, And in regards to, like, knowing the blogging voice, because I think that one takes a little bit of time, but just talking to Kelly earlier on, she mentioned the same thing. as like, it's better to start as soon as possible because the first few months or first few years, like, you wouldn't be writing exactly as you'd be writing five years down the track and you want them to get you want to get out of them as soon as possible so that's when as you said like if you read stuff from 10 years ago <laughs> what you've written to now it will be mm-hmm. completely different but now is where you connect and where you've developed and where you've learned so it takes time and it's better to do it now than later on so uh, like if people are listening to this make sure you check out kelly's uh, interview as well and I want to get a bit more into involving the community because you mentioned like interviewing the audience, the social media challenge and offline. So how exactly did you go about doing the social media challenge? Was it like in terms of the structure and sort of things or the strategy around it? Because that's something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Right. Great. Yeah. So the social media challenge was actually, it took place on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and of course I blogged about it initially to set it up so that people knew what it was all about and promoted it across the social, all my social media channels. So that one was a, a photo a day. So I, I had a graphic that had uh, a topic for each um, date of the month and across my social media, I'd keep reminding people and post my own images that suited each day, um, throughout that month. So, um, I think in the end, uh, I think. 50 or 60 people from various places posted most days of the month. I think we only had 10 that posted every single day of the month, but I thought that was amazing to have people, and they were nearly all from different countries, um, and they were, you know, sitting down every day to think about, you know, what can I show these other readers of, of the Not A Ballerina blog about my local world and what can we share? So it was a really fun thing to do and the, lots of them emailed me and said, can we do it again? Can we do it again? And so a few months later we did do it again while I was traveling so that I had uh, something different to share that time. And what other things have you seen around? Because I know obviously you've been in 10 years of blogging, you know a lot of bloggers and 
not a lot of travel bloggers because you like there's a lot of creativity that comes around that kind of blogging which can be applied to like business professional people so any cool ideas or challenges you would have seen that you're thinking of implementing on your blog as well yeah or one thing that i would really haven't got to but would really like to is is uh taking it offline more often and meeting up with my readers so uh, I think it was um, Chantel from the um, Fat Mum Slim blog who did it last year or the one before and had a really lovely lunch set up for, I think, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 of her readers um, so that, you know, actual normal readers could come along, meet her. They all had lunch together. It was a sponsored, you know, a lovely sponsored event. And um, I've uh, wished that, I mean, I've got in mind sort of, 10 readers of mine who are the, you know, the most loyal Facebook followers. And if uh, I could find a really uh, fantastic sponsor, I could gather them from all over the globe and we could meet somewhere for a, for a, a day or two. That would be fabulous. So, you know, one day. But I think kind of making some of your readers feel special, um, especially the special readers, the ones who, you know, always answer um, questions when you've got them on, on social media or who regularly comment and share um, your posts and things. So uh, something I've done more of lately is when I post on Facebook, uh, I, I'm always asking questions and, and, you know, seeking advice and asking opinions and those kinds of interactive um, things to encourage engagement. But I often find myself as I write that post thinking of a particular reader who I think will know that. I uh, was asking, I've recently been to Iceland and I wanted to know if other people had had the same problem with the flies in Iceland because on the internet I could not find anyone complaining about flies in Iceland. <laughs> but I had uh, two or three readers who I knew had been there uh, at least once or twice each. So when I uh, wrote my post, I put their names in brackets and, uh, you know, can you help, can you help, can you help? And, of course, they all came up with their uh, answers and they asked their other friends who'd been to Iceland as well. And I finally found a few people who had the same complaint as me. Um, so I think... Uh, Making them feel that you know about them as well, that it's not just a one way, you know, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal and say I'm, you know, this amazing traveler, um, because a lot of my readers have traveled even more than I have. So I really value what they have to contribute as well. So I guess that kind of two way community is something that's important to me. When does one start doing this? Because, uh, in terms of, I guess I see blogging and podcasting are very parallel stream. Of things and I'm struggling at the moment. It's like, should I just start building the community side of things now or should I wait till I get a decent enough audience? So what's the go with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, my clients ask me that um, from their various niches in the social media space because, of course, you don't want to be, you know, asking lots of questions and getting no answers. So very early days, it is a bit tricky. But I think... Um, as soon as you start to have, you know, even really a handful of readers who comment or engage, you can really work with them to, you know, turn them into, um, you know, the super fan idea by, um, you know, by interviewing them for a blog or podcast, by asking them for their advice, um, by mentioning them. People, you know, readers love to see their name in your, in your social media stream and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really, it is tricky very early on because you don't want to be, you don't want it to look like nobody's responding to you. But, um, but as soon as you're getting a, a handful of people or, you know, you can enlist a few people who you already know, 
they're the ones who will, um, you know, likely to come on board first. So, you know, friends who are in similar industries and stuff like that and, um, you know, ask them to help out at first. And then once uh, a few people are more involved, the next, the next wave will come on board. So. And I guess it's a matter of trying it. And also I think what you mentioned about the offline thing is really crucial because I think people now bringing back to connecting the offline to the online is really helping them build that audience as well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, for me, you might appreciate it too. One advantage of, oops, sorry, one disadvantage of living in somewhere a little bit distant like Western Australia is that we can't meet that many of our readers. Um, although when I travel around, I do try and meet up with, with people I've been in contact with through the blog. But uh, anything you can do that is a bit, even if it's not a face-to-face meetup, but, um, but something physical like the postcards that, um, the readers sent to me or, um, sometimes I'll do giveaways. I'm, I get to review a lot of travel books and then I'll do a giveaway that's, you know, I, I choose uh, a reader who's been really, you know, loyal and really engaged and I'll say, okay, you know, for this month, um, I know that you, you know, this reader, you'll love this book. And so, you know, here it's my gift to you kind of thing. So the physical kind of interactions was another way to take it offline. You know, a physical object doesn't have to be that you're physically face to face because it doesn't always work. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's a really great tip. So Amanda, wrapping it up, uh, what is an action that our audience can take in terms of building that community around their blog or their business side of things? Uh, well, I've got two actions really because it depends on uh, where they are in their journey. But the first action is to really nail down your, your reader avatar or your profile, really think hard and write out a great um, list of characteristics of your ideal reader um, or your existing reader depending on where you are. So that's the first uh, absolutely essential action. And then so my second uh, is a is the challenge to find a new way to involve your blogging community um, more in the blog. So some of the suggestions that I've um, given today might have might spark something. But, um, yeah, think outside the square, be a bit creative, think about um, for the niche, you know, what could work to get readers really excited and really feeling that, you're doing it for them, I suppose. And I think I'm going to take uh, that one on board as well because I've got, the, for the podcast, I've got a decent enough idea about the ideal listener, but in terms of the community engagement and stuff, I haven't had much around it. So uh, I look forward to starting something after this chat now. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to seeing what you do. Uh, all good. Uh, so, Amanda, how can our audience get in touch with you? Where do you hang out on social media? As also your blogs, and that I can put down the links on the show notes as well. Yep, great. So, um, my travel blog for a start is not a ballerina.com. Uh, if you head to the about page, you'll find out why it's called not a ballerina.com. My social media and blogging business and anything else about me is all at amandakendall.com. That's with weird spelling, K-E-N-D-L-E. Twitter is one of my favorite places and I'm at Amanda Kendall at Twitter. And uh, from those other sites, you can find lots of other places online to uh, see what I'm up to. Cool. And was there a special hashtag for that challenge uh, that if people want to search on or something? Yeah, yeah. You can have a look for hashtag my local world. 
on Instagram. We'll do that, and I'll put those links down. Again, Amanda, thanks a lot for taking the time of your busy schedule, because I know being a mum and being a blogger and being a consultant, <laughs> a lot of t- things to do, but really appreciate the chat, and also thanks for getting me now started on getting a community behind the podcast. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. It was great. After interviewing Amanda, I promised to myself that I need to start forming and building a community around this podcast. And that is an action I'm willing to take. So for today's action, there is two of them. First action is to nail down your reader avatar. Think hard and write down the characteristics of your ideal reader or an existing reader. And look at the episode with Shannon Bush that will help you get some ideas and build some content around your ideal client and you can translate that to your ideal reader. The second is a challenge to find a new way to involve your blogging community more in these blogs. Think outside the square. Be a bit creative. Think about for the niche. What could work to get readers really, really excited and really feeling that you're doing it for them. So work on those two things. Until then, keep building a community around your blog. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.